Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. this morning. If you have a Bible, open up to Acts 17, verse 6. And uh, while you're doing that, let me ask you, have you ever heard the phrase, turning the world upside down for Christ? Is that phrase, who's, anybody heard of that phrase before? Turning the world upside down for Christ. It's a, it's a phrase that's coined for people, followers of Christ, who are so passionately following Jesus that they are changing things in their world. They are turning their world upside down for the cause of Christ. It comes from this verse in Acts 17.6. Paul and Silas and a group of disciples are coming through Thessalonica, and there's some disturbance caused by some of the things they've been doing, and they get taken before some officials. And uh, uh, verse 5 says, The Jews who, who brought them before them come, and, and uh, well, verse 6 is, When they, found, they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down, have come here also. These men who they're referring to are turning their world upside down for Christ. And as I said, this is a phrase that's used in the church today for people who are boldly following Christ, passionately following Christ, and changing the world they live in. And when I think of mornings like this, I think of this verse. Because I look around and I see three churches from Hoffman Estates and Schaumburg who have gathered together And I just think, what could we do? What could we do if we put our minds together? We could be the people who turn this community upside down for Christ. You know, in my 34 years as a Christian, I've never been in a church that has had such a relationship with other churches. Um, For the last three-plus years, we've been meeting as pastors, six pastors getting together and praying. And it's not just been a prayer meeting. In, in the community. It's been brothers in Christ coming together, sharing. Um, your six pastors are friends, and they would call one another if anything came up. There's a bond there that's much deeper than just a meeting. This is our third year of worshiping together uh, in, a, in a combined service. You know, when I think of this, I think we could just turn the northwest suburbs upside down for Christ. But it's not going to happen by the pastors getting together, the leaders getting together, and coming up with some grandiose plan. It's not going to happen by coming up with some compelling vision and, and casting it to all three churches and seeing us go on and carry it out. It's not going to come from combined worship services and picnics, although this is nice and we've gotten to know each other. And a few of you obeyed Dave and are sitting next to people from another church, but I can see a lot of people that I know still sitting in the same row. When Dave said, move your chair, a whole bunch of people from our church got up and they shifted three chairs and they sat down again. That's not what Dave was talking about. We're not going to turn the northwest suburbs upside down for Christ by meetings like this. We're going to turn the northwest suburbs upside down by following the leader. By following the leader. You see, this phrase was coined in Macedonia. But it's what got them to Macedonia was following the leader. So if you want to uh, flip back, actually, to a couple verses in Acts 16, we're going to briefly look at a few verses in Acts 16. 
because there's three postures here that these guys that got them to this point where people said they were turning the world upside down. What got them there? What got them there? You find that in, in Acts 16. Um, and I'm going to read verses 6 through 10. Actually, I'll go back to verse 5. Start in verse 5. This is in verse 5 of Acts 16. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. They were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Things were going really well. Their faith was growing. Numbers were increasing. It was a boom in, in the Christian world. But suddenly, we come to verse 6. And then they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Myasia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Myasia, they went down to Troas. Things were going so well. There was this season of growth. But the text tells us that suddenly things took a turn and things dried up. And they weren't allowed to go into certain areas. Suddenly, plans didn't go as they thought they would go. Things didn't work out. Travel arrangements, perhaps, weren't being made. There's a unique thing that's revealed about God himself in these passages. It says that they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go into these areas to share the gospel. That just doesn't make sense, does it? You would think there's people there who need to know Christ, but somehow the Holy Spirit has said, no, not these people over here. The first posture, if we want to follow the leader, is to wait on God. Wait on God. We must wait on him. What these, what these followers did is they didn't just keep pushing and keep trying other things. They went to Troas, it says, and they just waited. And they waited for God to speak. Our God is so unpredictable. It, it, just when we think we figured him out, just when we, fi- we feel like we know exactly what he's doing, he's blessing us, things are going so well, he, he himself puts the brakes on. Isaiah said, his understanding no one can fathom. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps, it says in Proverbs. They went to Troas because things were not working out, and they waited. And they just waited for God to speak. Some of you, perhaps, this morning are in Troas. And you're just waiting on God, and you've been waiting on God. Your plans have not succeeded. Things were going so well, but suddenly the brakes have been put on. The temptation here is to think that God has somehow abandoned you. But the text says that God himself caused this waiting time. He didn't make those other things work out for a purpose, for a reason, because he's the leader. We're not. He's the leader. Wait for God to lead. Wait for God to lead. The scriptures are so clear. God has a plan. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, it says in Jeremiah. Ephesians talks about this plan that God has. He's working everything out in conformity with the purpose of his will. God has a plan. God is a leader. We don't need to come up with new plans. We need to listen and wait for the leader to reveal his plan for us. God will speak. God will lead. In verse 9, God speaks. 
says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging, and saying, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. That's all we know about this vision. We don't know, it wasn't a dream. There's a different word for dream there. There was some vision that, that Paul had. Was he awake? Was he asleep? We don't know. Perhaps for you, God doesn't speak this way. Maybe it's an opportunity that opens up. Maybe it's a person who talks to you about something. Maybe it's a passage of Scripture. But whatever it is, you know, you know it when it happens. That God is speaking to you and telling you it's time to move. It's time to do this. The first posture that we have if we're going to follow the leader is to wait on God. The second one comes from verse 10. Go public. Go public. Look at what verse 10 says. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Go public. Bring it to the community. Notice how the text changes from a Paul saw a vision to all of a sudden there's we's and there's us's in this passage. A vision appears to Paul. We sought. Then we concluded that God had called us. They didn't just go by Paul's word. It doesn't say Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia, so we got in the boat and we left. The text says that we sought to go to Macedonia. Paul must have come to the, the body of believers and said, I've, God's spoken to me. Let's confirm this. Let's seek God on this. Let's seek him on this. And then I love it because it says they concluded. It doesn't say they knew for sure. It doesn't say they, they, they were without any doubt at all. They got into the boat and they went off to Macedonia. It says we concluded. It sort of seemed right to us. We concluded after listening to these things that it was right to go to Macedonia. They went public. They brought it to the community and they sought God again. And they said, God, is this right? Our brother here has had this vision. We believe you're leading. Is that right? And they concluded, yes, it was right. Living by faith. You don't always know what the best thing to do, but bringing it to the church, going public and saying, church, pray with us. Pray together. God's the whole, you know, as a pastor, people come to me and say, would you pray for me? Because I know God listens to your prayers. You're a pastor. You know, the truth is the Holy Spirit is the same in me as he is in you and, or anybody else who's, who's a believer in Christ. There's no special pastor prayer thing in Titus or Timothy. Go public. So living by faith, coming to the church. The, the, the last posture you see here is that they went. They obeyed. They went. Verse 11 says, So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samrothse, and following, in the following day to Neapolis from there to Philippi, which is the leading city, city in the district of Macedonia in a Roman colony. Setting sail. So they set sail. They made a direct voyage. They went there. Once God had revealed his plan and confirmed it in the body of believers, they went, they did it, they obeyed. This is what it means to follow the leader. If we want to turn, oftentimes the world gets this backwards, right? We just launch out and go. (laughs) And then we sometimes come to the church and say, here's what I did. And then we kind of wait, God, were you in this? (laughs) We don't know. Well, we get it exactly backwards. So if we want to follow the leader, we need to wait on him. We need to go public. We need to bring it to the community. And then we need to go when he, when he speaks. And we, 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 we think he's leading this way. We need to go. This morning we're going to spend some time uh, seeking God as three bodies of believers who are really one. 
before we do that, we're going to hear from some two, two people who have a testimony of how God has been working and how God has been leading them. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan Kim is going to come up and talk about how he, uh, things are going on uh, in a community where he lives. And then after that, Christina Shim is going to come and share with us. Good morning. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Daniel Kim, and I've been attending Harvest Community Church for the, about uh, three and a half years. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, about a year ago, uh, a small group of us got together, and we we're, were just trying to pull out some ideas from the church in Acts 2. And we'd ask ourselves, what would it look like if, if members of Harvest actually lived by each other in community, and what effects would that have on our own spiritual growth as individuals and as a group? Furthermore, what would it look like if the members of Harvest lived by each other, and um, we lived in an area where, the, where there was some sort of need, and we inten- intentionally tried to love and uh, serve the community? Um, so after a few months Later, after much del- deliberating and prayer, God opened a door of opportunity, and finally a team was assembled um, to move into an apartment complex uh, in Hoffman Estates uh, to picture the church in Acts 2. This team consists of four members, uh, my wife and myself, and then uh, two of our other friends. Uh, we're all part of the same small group Bible study. And currently, we're renting two apartment units. We don't live all in the same unit, but two apartment units. <laughs> apartment units, both in the same complex and simply in hopes to uh, serve the community as we live our lives. Um, so it's been approximately five months now, and what's happened so far is simply life. Uh, we still attend school. For those of us who work, uh, we still work. Um, what we're not doing is going door-to-door like ambitious Girl Scouts trying to sell Girl Scout cookies, but we're simply living life. And as the Lord opens up doors of opportunity, we're just trying to be faithful to step up to the plate uh, to simply love people. Um, A few months ago, I was able to join a a soccer league. um, And through that, a few relationships were established. Uh, I think I I lost some credibility because they didn't invite me back to play with them. Uh, But still, uh, nevertheless, relationships were established, um, and I was able to... um, get into an apartment, another person's apartment, and meet the family of uh, a few other individuals. Uh, more recently, one of our members, uh, he, he uh, began a relationship with someone we call the mysterious guitar man. Um, we call him that because for the past few months, uh, whenever we would walk up the stairs, we'd hear the guitar playing late at night. And finally, a, a week or two ago, um, one of our members were able to, he was able to meet this man and um, actually uh, they began to share um, just about, about their faith walk. And um, this man, he shared that he once believed he fell away, but he feels right now that the Lord is tugging at his heart to come back. Um, and he actually um, asked if he could meet with our team member, um, I guess on a more regular basis, just to talk about faith and uh, Christ. Um, so we're really thankful for that. Um, furthermore, God's been just blessing our friendships amongst the team members. Um, we're able to, you know, share a meal more frequently just because we live on the same floor. Uh, not only that, um, you know, we're able to just spend time fellowshipping. Um, my wife and I, we don't have cable TV, so I like to go over to their place and um, <laughs> take advantage of that. Uh, but not only that, 
just the time together, we're able to sit down and uh, minister to each other. Um, and that's something that we've been tremendously blessed by. Um, uh, as you could imagine, these five months have been challenging as well. Um, there is a huge language barrier as uh, predominantly the people who live in this complex there uh, of immigrant um, background. But then also we have many internal challenges as well, whether it's fear of failure, uh, laziness. But then because we live so close together, we can keep each other accountable, and encourage and um, just remind each other of why we're there, of our mission. And so, uh, you know, right now we, we haven't experienced a mass revival yet. Um, but overall, we're, we're just very grateful that the, just uh, in all the ways the Lord's been using us and growing us um, as, a, as individuals and as a group. And uh, though we've missed many chances to uh, serve, uh, serve others, share the gospel, or, or even say a simple hello, um, we're just so grateful that the Lord um, loves the people in this community and loves us, the team members, uh, so much that he's willing to use us to be his ambassadors. And uh, I think it's just overall, I hope that's an encouragement to us all because um, we believe that we're all in a place where God wants us to be and he wants to use, um, use us uh, to be ambassadors of Christ. Um, thank you. Good morning. My name is Christina Shim, and um, I've been attending Emmanuel for the past year. Um, and I'm one of the teachers that's involved in the Doorway ESL ministry that our churches have been um, collaborating together, um, really just simply to be God's hand, hands and feet to our community, um, especially to the marginalized. And similarly, I think with um, kind of what Dan shared um, we're just kind of putting ourselves out there and kind of waiting for God to work. Um, so about five months ago, similar to when they started, um, a handful of us just got together, volunteered, and just posted up flyers around the Schomburg and Hoffman Estates area for free ESL classes. Um, and literally week after week, we've received phone calls. Um, people have been coming, wanting classes, and we actually had to start a waiting list last semester um, because there was so uh, such a big need. Um, and, you know, our students come from a wide range of backgrounds. We have some Vietnamese students, Indian, um, Mexican, Korean. Um, and so over the past semester, we've had some interesting experiences, met some unique people, and um, it's been really fun. Um, one of our students, Nick, he recently came from India, um, and he started telling me that he used to work in a Hindu temple in, in India. And, um, you know, he's, he was telling me about his religion and things. And basically, he was trying to convert me, I think, <laughs> to Hinduism. Um, but it was funny because, you know, it was during break time. And he was telling me about all these things and how Christianity and Hinduism are actually really the same thing. And um, so I was, you know, intrigued. I was like, you know, why, why is that? Um, and he you know, kept on talking and talking. And finally, towards the end of the break time, I kind of interjected. And I was like, well, you know, actually there is a significant difference between Hinduism and Christianity. And, you know, I was saying, well, you know, even though you believe Jesus existed, he was alive, and even though he was a good man, as Christians, 
you know, we believe Jesus is God, you know, and he was like, oh, really? <laughs> he was really confused. Um, he kind of went to, back to his seat and, you know, pondered what I just said. And um, even through unique experiences and situations like that, um, I'm just really thankful that even God's truth was shared, you know. And, um, you know, a few weeks ago we had a potluck and we invited our students and we told the students to invite their families and they came and, um, you know, as we were playing some games, we got to know the families, and um, we went around and we asked, well, you know, why are you learning English, you know, and um, this one woman, Maria, she's a single mom, and she works the night shift cleaning offices, and, you know, it was her turn, and she kind of propped up her three-year-old daughter, and she smiled, and she's like, you know, this is my reason why, you know, and, um, you know, I can go on and on of countless conversations and stories and memories that we've had over the past five months. Um, but really, you know, um, for all of these students, um, English is their key. It's the doorway, hence our name, Doorway ESL, for a better life, you know. And a lot of us come from immigrant families, and even for me, I can person- personally relate Um, just even the parents' desire to communicate with their children, you know. And um, for a lot of these students, that's the reason why they want a better life. And, um, you know, for me here, living here, I speak English, and basically that's all I have (laughs) to offer. I'm not smarter than them. I'm not, you know, more talented than them. But I just have English, and that's what they need, and that's what they want. And they really open their lives um, to us because we're offering just this little thing for them. Um, But yeah, most importantly, not only is it a doorway for them, but even for us as the church, it's a doorway for us to build relationships with them and to really ultimately share Christ's love um, for them and for um, their communities. And even in Revelations, it writes, you know, there will be a great multitude that no one can count from every nation, tribe, languages, people, standing before the Lamb of God. And that's really our heart for this ministry. Um, and um, unique to, you know, other ESL programs out there, um, I don't know why I'm so emotional, <laughs> but, um, you know, our, our group... Um, Sorry, started this conversation partner program. Uh, sorry. Um, where we pair a student with a, um, a church member, and they just meet once a week, one hour a week, to practice their English. And, um, sorry, I think I'm so emotional because I really believe in the program. Um, I really believe in the ministry, and... <laughs> Um, I really think God is working. And so um, if you can partner with us, um, that would be awesome. You know, even if you just want to visit a class, um, I think you'll just catch it automatically, you know. Um, so I have more things to say, but <laughs> I can't finish. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, please speak with me if you, you know, want more information. But um, thanks. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I might fill in a little bit of what Christina didn't get to, but I, I, I participated in the ministry as well as one of the conversation partners. 
And really, all you need to do is be able to speak English. And so I think most of us, if not all of us, are qualified to participate. And um, you just sit across the table from somebody and talk to them about what's going on in their life, about their interests, and there are plenty of opportunities to, 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 to share your faith in the midst of those things and, and talk about your passions and your desires. Um, and so if you have a desire to get involved in that ministry, please do see um, Christina. By the way, I'm Reggie Ramos. I'm one of the pastors at Emmanuel Community Church. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's encouraging. It's really encouraging to hear of these um, stories that are going on in our churches. And interestingly, it's like five months ago, both of these things started. And I think as we, as we as pastors gather together, we are united in our view of the church, that the church is not, you know, at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning, you know. The church is not a building because none of us own a building. So we're not church, you know. We don't have church. But the church is people, God's people. And I'm sure there are hundreds of testimonies at, of God at work in Hoffman Estates if we would only stand up to, stop, to talk about it. And um, in view of these things, uh, we're going we're gonna to go into a time of worship and offering. As we give this special offering, um, in the coming weeks, our, uh, we're going to be gathering some of our lay leaders, our, the lay leaders of our church. You know, the pastors have been meeting, getting excited, and talking about visions for what's going to happen but we've decided, no, God speaks to the church, and God's, God's people are his church. So he doesn't just speak to us. We're inviting our lay leadership together, and we're going to ask them to be praying um, and deciding where this money will go to support ministries um, within the area. And so please be praying for God's wisdom, guidance, and unity as we partner together in these ways. Um, as I believe the worship team will come up. Allow me to pray. Let's pray for the offering and let's pray for uh, ministry towards this area. Our Heavenly Father, you've planted the seed of the gospel in our hearts. And as it has grown in us, we have learned more and more to give generously and sacrificially to your kingdom work. We pray, Lord, as we give today that you would be empowering our churches, pouring down fresh creativity, pouring down um, your Holy Spirit to to inspire within us initiative, um, even the desire to deny ourselves, so that the gifts that you've given to us can rise up to serve the people around us, to serve this community. We pray that you would give the leaders of our churches, not just the pastors, but the lay leaders, we pray that you would be giving them wisdom and insight and even desire so that as they make this decision, they would be good stewards so that, such that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. Lord, even as we heard in the message today, help them to be good followers, listening to you into what your spirit would say. And Lord, as well, help them, help all of us to go public with the grace that you've given us so that we could be your hands and feet and that this Hoffman Estates, Schomburg area would see the light of Christ in a powerful way through us. So we give our hearts to you. We thank you and praise you and pray all these things in Jesus' name.
Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.